In the book of Romans chapter 10 and verse 17, the Bible states that place. so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Awesome I pray that you are Come blessed by what you are about to hear or listen to. He can move this is a Kingdom Christian Fellowship Ministries presentation. Stay blessed. Hide me from the rain. Based on the looks, based on the voice, based on the muscles. Hallelujah. You see the brother and you realize that ah, this guy, when he wears some v-neck, I see some chest hair. Oh Lord. And before you would even tell your parents that you found a girl, you've already told the girl that I will marry you. Before you come and tell your shepherd and you tell your pastor that, oh, I found some girl. Can we pray and consider? You finally told her that, hey, I love you to the moon and back. <laughs> Hallelujah. So at some point along the relationship, when things are not going as you expected, when the wine of love for your relationship has ended on the third month, when the wine of excitement for your relationship has ended on the second day, then you are looking. Is the personification of grace here? Is the personification of truth here? And Jesus is saying that, ah, but you never invited me. You never invited me. You, you never invited me. So what do you want me to do? I get to me. I get to me. Accessing grace for God's purpose. Before you can see what you must do in life, which is the exact plan of God for your life. You must, have, you must first have invited who? The personification of grace. You must know him. He must not be one of the members of your guest list. No. He cannot just be one of the members of your guest list. No. Because apart from all the hundreds, probably thousands of people at the wedding feast, there was only one person who could turn water to one. The question is, do you have that person in your camp? Do you have that person in your camp? Or oh, ask your neighbor. Do you have that person in your, in, your, in your camp? Is that person with you? Is that person with you? Your neighbor didn't mind you, right? Your neighbor says he's writing notes. Mm, I know. Your neighbor, your neighbor doesn't want to answer. He's writing notes. Let your neighbor write the notes. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, by the grace of God, last two weeks and last week, Apostle started a message with us. Assessing grace for destiny manifestation. And yesterday, by the grace of God, I tried to do a recap. I just want to emphasize a few points that I raised. Hallelujah. Now, when we talk about purpose, we are talking about the invisible foundation for destiny manifestation. And I want to emphasize the word invisible because we get to understand that purpose is not easily seen. It needs to be sought after. Even when you seek it, the person who is the creator must reveal purpose to you. Are you getting me? Are you getting me so far? So for you to know your entire assignment and your reason, so I can, you can define purpose as what? The reason for existence or the why behind creation. Purpose is what? The reason for existence or what? 
the why behind creation. And if you put that definition there, it automatically suggests that there is a creator. I get in me. So if there is a creator, it means that the creator has an intention. And for you and for me, as we've gathered here, we must acknowledge that there is a creator. And he has an intention for every aspect and department of our lives. Are you getting me? So for you to know what you are supposed to do, you need to seek after that invisible purpose. You need to ask him so that he reveals it to you. Are we on the same page so far? Are we on the same page? We're on the same page. Hallelujah. Now, when you are able to understand the reason for creation, the why behind an existence, then you can move on into executing what you must do. The first one we got to understand is that purpose is assigned. So you can't pick and choose what you want to do. That is why the Bible says that can a pot say to his creator that why did you make me in this and that way? Have you read that before? Or you've not read that before? Someone should find the scripture for me. Hallelujah. Can a pot ask his master why did you create me? No. You can't ask your master or the creator. Please read, please give a microphone for me. Hallelujah. Romans chapter 9 and verse 20. But indeed, O man, who are you to reply against God? Will the thing formed say to him who formed it, Why have you made me like this? Verse 21. Does not the potter have power over the clay? From the same lump to make one vessel for honor and another for dishonor. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. The porter, who is the creator, he has power over the clay. So with his hidden intent, he can do whatever he chooses. So purpose is what? Assigned. Hallelujah. Purpose is what? Purpose is what? Purpose is what? Assigned. That means that the creator has his own agenda and that is what he does. Amen? What was the second thing we looked at last, yesterday? Purpose is marked or it is assessed by God. The person who has assigned you purpose, he is the one who marks and checks if you have achieved purpose. So the Bible says that when Jesus told them that they should fill their pots to the brim, the Bible says that when they filled it to the brim, then he asked the servant, take it to who? Take it to who? Take it to who? The master of the ceremony. What did the master say? Oh, you are not following me. Hallelujah. The Bible says that Jesus says, take the water. They took it to the master. When he drank it, then he says that anyone who organizes a wedding, that's what, gives it brings the good one first and then later the inferior. But you have saved the good one until now. That means that what they drank all, the, all this time was what? <laughs> Someone says juice. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> that means that they've drunk inferior all the way till now. They never took the wine to the wedding guests. It was the master of the ceremony who had to assess whether this was good. It was what? The master of ceremony. 
The master over your life is the one who determines if this boy is good. The master of your life is the one who determines if this job is good. The master of your life, he's the one who determines if this school is good. You can't find a boy and come and ask your friends, ah, so you see that chick here, how far? <laughs> and then your friends will say that, oh, yes, oh, I've heard, I've heard the things about this girl and this guy. Oh, I think that this guy, yeah. Unless you are saying that your friends are the masters of your life. Or, or, eh, unless they are the masters of your life. The one who can tell you that this particular job, job A, and job B, this one is good. This one is not good. Is the master of your life. Because he assigns purpose. So he's the only one that can mark purpose. If the choice you make is not in alignment to his purpose, whatever the benefits, whatever the enjoyment, you have still missed the mark. You have still missed the mark. And you see, and that is what many of us deceive ourselves into thinking. And I don't really blame us so much. I don't really blame us so much. It's been a propaganda agenda for my belief, Hollywood and, and co. So we keep saying to ourselves like something said, oh, he pleases me well. Oh, she pleases me well. Meanwhile, you've not asked as a man of God says, are you pleasing God? You've never asked, does this please God? Because for you to be satisfied with whatever choice you make, for you to be happy with whatever choice you make, God must first be happy. God must what? First be happy. So if God is not happy with your choice, it doesn't matter how sweet it is. It doesn't matter how powerful it looks. You will not be happy. And that is what people have when it comes to relationship nowadays. Oh, but I'm happy with him. Oh, but he loves me. Oh, I think he's a good guy. You just need to spend a few days with him. You will know him that he's a good guy. Oh, I know, yes, eh? He doesn't go to church and he's not a just like me. But uh, I know that he prays in his closet. Eh? I'll change him. Yes, yes, yes. That's the line. I will change him. I will change him. Some people, and apostles say, some people have more faith than God. Hey, it seems like the next time we get the author of Hebrews here, he should write and dash your name, the author and finisher of our faith. Because some of you, you are creating faith that Jesus doesn't even have. <laughs> Hallelujah. Sometimes Jesus sees your faith and he says, wow. <laughs> Jesus will see your faith and he says, wow. Me cry. I feel like I'm doubting. Jesus will see your faith and he's questioning whether he's doubting. Wow. Everybody has told you that this one, dear, he's not the one. But you, dear, oh, she pleases me well. I would change him. I would change her. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Do you understand me so far? So far. So I want you to understand something. Purpose is what? Assigned. And it is marked or assessed or assessed by who? The creator, the master. And then the third point is what? Purpose is what? Revealed. It means that you can never see purpose on the surface. And that is why we define it as the 
hidden foundation for destiny manifestation. The what? Hidden foundation for destiny manifestation. That means that anything that needs to be fulfilled in your life, it is based on purpose. You see, when you have that in mind, you see, when we think about purpose, sometimes we think it's always oh, one of those things. But think about the life of an athlete, right? An athlete who is bent on winning an Olympics, maybe a 400 by whatever, whatever race. With that purpose in mind, it determines what the person eats. I get what I'm saying. With that purpose in mind, it determines when the person gets up. With that purpose in mind, it determines what the person puts in his body. But then you and me, dear, we don't think about purpose. We believe in Maslow's hierarchy. The foundation is what? Food, my needs, housing, whatever it is. But you realize that if you are following Maslow's hierarchy, I don't, I'm not saying that that framework is bad. Don't go and quote me somewhere and I say that. Me, I know more than Dr. Maslow. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying that it still applies. You realize that when people are about to go into a competition, there are certain things that they deny or there are certain things that they endure and all of it is based on the foundation of what? Purpose. If you understand purpose and what you are meant to do or your benefit, your value to the kingdom of God, when you understand that there is something you can add and something you must add, it will change what you eat. It will change when you wake up. It will change where you go. It will change the kind of things you listen to. It will change the people around you. It will change. It will change. So you can't see an athlete and say that, oh, you dear, it seems like you are always waking up at four. Why? Is there something wrong with your bed? No. <laughs> no. You realize that, no, I must wake up at a particular time. And I must train for this and this and this and this and this. But you find someone, and even with some of these actors, for instance, sometimes they've not even gotten a job yet, but you see them hitting the gym. I remember the story, I think that I was watching a story of um, The Rock and Dwayne Johnson, right? And how he moved from the wrestling field. And for him to get certain kind of jobs, he needed to change his workout routine. So before the job would come, he knew that, hey, because of the way he's built himself, he cannot be a sub-killer or he cannot be a sub-hero. He has to be the main one. If he's the bad guy, he's the main bad guy. If he's the good guy, he's the main good guy. And he started training long ago because he knows that, oh, if I'm the main guy, someone can't have bigger muscles than me. Oh, I, 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 you don't get what I'm saying. You understand what I'm saying? Purpose defined what? His workout routine. Because he had something in mind that he wanted to achieve. I guess you mean, when we have that in mind, when we say that, oh, we are spending time praying, then you need to find out, okay, so where am I going? We are spending time reading the Bible, reading the word of God, then you must find out where am I going? Because if you have that in mind, it will change the way you interact with the word of God. It will change the way you interact with the spirit of God. It will change the way you interact with prayer. But because we lack purpose, we lack an understanding of purpose, things become what? A routine. And it becomes mundane. It's like we are forced 
do certain things. But that will change from today in the name of Jesus. That will change from today in the name of Jesus. That will change from today in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 So the Bible makes us understand in the book of John chapter 2. The personification of grace had walked into Jesus' banquet. And I'm asking you, the banquet of your life, has Jesus been invited? The second question I want to ask you, which I know you can't answer, is that has Jesus accepted your invitation? That one, we'll leave it for another day. <laughs> Hallelujah. But Jesus accepted this particular invitation and you walked there. Now, the Bible says that when Jesus encountered that particular problem, what Jesus decided to look for were not the vessels that previously carried wine. Jesus didn't look for what? The vessels that previously what? Carried wine. It means that there was a particular resource that had wine that was fueling the celebration. At a particular point in time, that resource finished. Jesus didn't go back to the place where man's effort had ended. He decided to look at another place. And then by his grace, he empowered that vessel of pots to fuel the celebration moving forward. I get what I'm saying. I get what I'm saying. There are certain times when God wants you to walk in your purpose and God wants you to fulfill destiny according to his terms and condition. Certain places where you are looking for wine from, that place would finish. That place would finish. That place would what? Finish. And for some of us, when those resources finish, that is when we begin to curse God. Instead of looking around and saying, Father, what else are you empowering to for celebration? When God is about to take you to a next level in your education and he says that at this point in time, I want you to really, really focus. I know that this guy around you is a nice guy, but then the wine of that guy is about to finish and then you leave you. When he leaves you, he says that you are broken hearted. Meanwhile, God is saying that, no, there's another vessel of pots and about to engrace that pot because for you, maybe your destiny is in what? Academia. Oh, you are not getting what I'm saying. I get in me. For you, there are certain kind of people that God wants around you. So your old friends and the relationship that you have with them, it must wither and die out. Like the case of Jacob. Jacob had swindled everybody from the womb until he met his master. And the Bible says that when it came to the point when God wanted to separate him, you see, at that point in time, he was not lonely. Listen to what I'm saying. At that point in time, he was not what? Lonely. But he needed to be alone. Many of us mix alone and loneliness. We don't know the difference. Many of us mix what? Alone and loneliness. They are not the same thing. You can have people with you and you are lonely. Have you seen that before? That is how people who are depressed feel. They have, they have people around them, but they are lonely. Are you getting me? That one is not of the Spirit of God. The loneliness is not of the Spirit of God. But then there are times when God wants you to be what? Alone. That means that you are cut out from everything that gives you strength. And that is what happened to the vessels that previously held wine. Some of us, it's, it's the uncles and uh, aunties that we believe in. 
hey, we know that they like us so much that when we make any requests, they will move heaven and earth. We love them more than our mothers. And we like them more than our fathers. Hallelujah. And then you realize that, oh, some one or two things will happen. And this is where believers get it wrong. When things are changing for you to fulfill destiny, then you begin to look at what the enemy is saying at the background. If God loves you, why did this happen? Oh, if God really, really, really cares about you, why did this happen? If God really values you, why did this happen? If God is really interested in your case, then why did this happen? And we keep echoing the lies of the enemy. And then we are still at the place where the vessels of wine are finished. And they can no longer fuel celebration. They can no longer fuel celebration. And God is saying that I have purposed in my heart that the water pots that people have rejected, that is where celebration would come from. I have purposed in my heart that the very vessels that have been rejected by man, the very person who has been rejected, you are the one that will bring salvation. Hallelujah. So when Jesus looked out, he says that there are six pots of water. And if, you've re- if some men of God have preached about this, that six represents what? The six pots represents what? Man. And then Jesus was said, fill them up to the brim with water. It represents what? Filling up with the word. And then that is when Greece what? Took over. And then there was an outburst of the spirit of God. Hallelujah. Many of us here, we are those water pots. Many of us, we are those water pots. We have yet not been discovered. It seems like you've been planted in a school, in a family. And it seems like there is no value on your life yet. But stay at the presence of God for God to fill you up. Stay at the presence of God for God to fill you up. Stay at the presence of God for God to fill you up. And then you realize that you become the fool for the next level of celebration. Oh, I get it me. When you realize what Jesus did, the Bible says that, and there were six water pots that were meant for what? Purification. See, I want us to dwell on that place a little bit more. Six water pots that were meant for what? purification. When we want to move on to the next level, we must allow the Spirit of God, the person of grace, to purify us. That means that anything that is what? A contamination and an abomination in our work with him, we must ask him to what? Purge it out of our lives. Are you getting me? Now, when we are talking about the things that must be purged out of our lives, we must understand that sometimes it is just our own will our own desires, our own way of thinking, that is contradictory to his purpose. Those things must also go. If Jesus had the opportunity to ask the water pot, they would say that, oh me, I am meant for the outside. And Jesus would say, this mindset is contrary to my purpose. Oh me, I am meant to hold only water. And Jesus would say, this mindset is contrary to my purpose. You are meant according to my design to hold wine. Oh, are you getting me? That mindset, that makes us define ourselves in our own eyes. For some of us, the things that define us is the background that we've seen. Do you understand me? What I'm, do you understand what I'm saying? The place where we grew up, the environment where we grew up, that has set a limitation on our mind and on our thinking. I remember one man of God. I believe, Prophet Manu Makandi, if I'm not mistaken, is that 
as long as he could remember, the only car he wanted to buy was a Nissan Hardbody. When he sleeps and he receives angelic visitation and he ever sees himself driving, it's a Nissan Hardbody. Anytime. And he was asking, we were talking about this because at the time he was talking about a testimony of someone who made him miss his flight. And the person made him miss his flight because the person wanted to buy him a car. And the person said, I only, I really wanted you to, I didn't want you to take your flight. He was going to hold a program, but he missed it. And the person said, the only reason why I really wanted you to be here, because I wanted to check out, is this color okay? That's the reason. He missed his flight. And at that time, he was very, very angry. Because that was his last buddy for the, for the, for the flights. And when he went, it was a brand new, it's not, it's not important, but it's a powerful car. It's not important. It's a powerful car. Hallelujah. But my point is that all his life, everything, the highest expectation he had was a Nissan hard body. And he said that because his background was hard. So maybe that is why he liked that. <laughs> Hallelujah. His background was hard. So that was the only thing he could ever dream of. A Nissan hard body. Until God started opening doors. And many of us, we have never seen ourselves when they prophesy to you that, oh, you are going to be this person. You are going to be great. You are going to be this. You are going to be... It is far-fetched. It is far-fetched. And it is not your fault. It is not my fault. But you see, this mindset, that is the water pot mindset, is one of the things that must be purified out of our minds. The water pot mindset that says, I am only meant for the background, must be taken out of your heart. The water pot mindset that says that I cannot influence anyone in a celebration must be taken out of your mind. The water pot mindset that says that I am only meant for the dishonorable must be taken out of your mind. It might be that there was a mistake you did. So you got the title a water pot. When Jesus intervenes and when grace takes over, he says that you can be the vessel for wine. I get what I'm saying. You can be what? The vessel for wine. And all we are talking about is what? The agenda of God's purpose. For you to manifest that fully, there must be a purification of whatever identity you have. The second part is that anything that is happening by your own strength must give way. You see, the Bible says that when Jesus commanded them, they did what? They kept on filling their water pot with what? Water. And when they were done filling it, Jesus says that, take some and go give it to the master of the ceremony. You never see Jesus coming to pray certain prayers, to dance certain dances, to shake his hands in certain ways. When the process was complete, when the strength of the servants were done and they, were, they couldn't do anything else, the Bible says that the personification of truth, the personification of grace, he took over that stage. So the Bible says that when they took the water, they went straight to the master of ceremony. When he drank it, it was wine. I'm sure that the servants were looking at it. We're looking at it. We're looking at it. We're looking at it. We're looking at it. Water, water, water. Until the person what received it. At that point, no human efforts. At that point, what? No human efforts. At that point. No human effort. And that is what we are talking about. Accessing grace. Accessing grace means that there must be a full stop to anything that is reliant on human strength. If you are still doing it by your strength. You see, and that is the problem that some people in the church have. You see, many people have skill. 
many people have talent. But many people have not realized that they can rely on grace. I get what I'm saying. Many people will have a voice. Many people will have skills. They can play the keyboard. They can play the drum. They can they get the guitar and all of those things. And it is a skill. It might be a talent. But a few have left that place where they rely on strength and they've tapped into grace. Are you getting me? At the point when you tap into grace, you realize that your skill doesn't even matter. At the point where you tap into grace, you realize that what? Your skill doesn't matter. At the point where you tap into grace, there are many people who command crowds when they are ministering in worship. And we say in passing that, oh, their voice is not even the best. So the question is then, why are people continuously listening to them? Why is that when they land at whatever auditorium, people will flock there. I remember the first time in 2016 when we invited Prophet, Dr. Prophet Odu. He was in a carriage for, I think, they were number of services, so I think twice or so. It was the same thing. After that, he launched a book. We went there. It was a place, small place in Tessano. The place was not even full. Mm, wasn't even full. And I remember when we invited him in 2018 or 2019 for the Lamb and Bride conference. People were just passing over and then they heard his voice. People were not invited for the program. They just heard his voice and they started coming to the church. What was the difference between the first time we invited him and the second time we invited him? Grace had taken over. Grace had taken over. The message he preached that made him popular, T, the last thing I was telling the apostle, tell them, tell them, Says this was not, it was saying that this is not the first time I've preached this message before. He has, he has, he has preached this message. Sang. He has preached this message. Sang. It's one of the things that he preaches in his church. You know, most many men of God have their default messages. It was that it was one of his default messages. He has preached this song until the day he stood on the altar of his papa and then preached that message. And now everybody keeps telling them, they tell, tell each other, tell them, see. What was the difference between when he was preaching this church and when he stood on the altar of his father? Grace. 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 God had this purpose for him to be known all along. But there was a point when it might seem like man's effort was running the show. Until what? There was a full stop to that. And grace took over. And today, that is what I want us to spend our time praying. There must be a full stop to whatever strength that you have. Anything that is running the show of your life, there must be what? A full stop to it. That grace must take over. Are you getting me? Are you getting me? Grace must what? Take over. Grace must take over. Some of you, you are sharks. Now I'm there, no doubt about it. But when you realize that you can take advantage of grace, there are certain battles you not have to fight. Some of you can, whatever, you have skill. The musical skill, football skill. Some of you, you can talk. It's a skill. When you realize that grace takes over, 
you move from talking to empowering others with your words. Hallelujah. Some of you are inquisitive. It's a skill. When grace takes over, you move from being inquisitive to being a researcher. Hallelujah. And what we are talking about is what? Accessing grace. Where grace brings what? A full stop to whatever human strength powers the quote-unquote celebration of your life. Thank you for listening. This recording was brought to you by Kingdom Christian Fellowship Ministries. Stay blessed.